Hello and welcome to Female Milestones, where we talk with experts or poets themselves and learn more about them as poets and their poems. The poet we would like to talk about today is Emily Dickinson. We have a special guest with us here today. She is a literature professor at the Oxford University with a specialization in poetry, and she has spent the last eight years researching and studying Emily Dickinson. Her name is Professor Feline Wesseling. Welcome. It's okay. I'd rather you call me Feline than Professor. Okay, well, good to know. There is too much to talk about today, so let's dive into her life and her work quickly. And Feline told me that there will be a surprise in today's podcast episode. But we will give firstly a brief background about Emily Dickinson. Right, Feline? Yes, of course. So, who was Emily Dickinson, actually? Well... Emily Dickinson was a female American poet who wrote nearly 1,800 poems, but only 10 have been published during her lifetime. Most of her work as a poet was hidden from her family and broader social life until after her death in 1886. Emily Dickinson is considered one of the most famous poets in the history of American literature. Though socially shy, She was outspoken and emotional in her lyric poetry. She created mostly short poems with one speaker who expresses thoughts and feelings. Dickinson was fighting the 19th century expectations that women had to behave modestly and should devote their lives to men. Her honest and unrestricted writing made her an early feminist. Nearly two centuries after Dickinson's birth, her brilliant poems are widely read, taught, and studied. Did Emily Dickinson want to publish her poetry, actually? Actually, no one knows for sure. Throughout her life, her work was circulated among family and friends between 1850 and 1866. Ten of Dickinson's poems appeared in the newspapers, but all anonymously and probably without her knowledge. In 1858, Dickinson began to organize her poetry into manuscript books. Nobody will ever know for sure, but it seems like she was preparing her work to be published after her death. Can you tell us what influenced her writing? While Dickinson's work was driven by romantic confusion and addition, she was also influenced by the tragedy of the American Civil War. Do you feel it was very personal? Um, Dickinson's poems are lyrics. As in most lyric poets, poetry, the speaker is in Dickinson's poems is often identified as the first person. But that didn't always mean that I was the poet. The topic that she preferred to use in her work were religion, death, home and family, nature and love. You mentioned before that she wrote nearly 1,800 poems. I guess you have read and studied them all? Yes, indeed, I did. And what I discovered is that she repeatedly used a few literary literary devices. She used a lot of off-rhymes, alliteration, metaphors, imagery, apostrophe, simile, metaphors, hyperbole, personification, and symbolism. And what is very interesting is that the title of the poem is always the first sentence of the poem. 
Oh, can you give us an example? Yes, sure. For example, hope is a thing with feathers, and because I cannot step for death. And there's a recent discovery that I'm looking forward to revealing today in your podcast. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. But firstly, um, what's actually your favorite poem of Emily Dickinson? This is still actually the poem that came out to me via a stranger I met at an airport. It fell out of his bag and when I picked it up, he told me to keep it. I was only 15 years old at the time. The poem was called Hope is a Thing with Feathers. I liked it back then because I understood it straight away and that helps a lot as a 15 year old who didn't specifically like poetry before. But hope, the thing with feathers, is about that hope is helpful in difficult times that never asked for anything in return. And I think that's the most beautiful thing in the world. Well, indeed it is. Could you mention another poem that's one of your favorites? Sure, I also appreciate Because I Could Not Stop for Death, the way that the poem plays with ideas of immorality and eternity speaks to me a lot. Well, you promised us something newsworthy. Do you feel the time is right? Of course. As you know, I'm doing research in Dickens's life. And last year, we found nothing new except for this old journal. So, would some would call it a diary. <laughs> When going through this journal, we all of the poems that are already public today. Until we went to the last few pages and my eye saw this wonderful new poem that I've never known about. I was so excited. And you know what it's called? No. Speed That's Going Through the Jungle. This is the most beautiful I've ever read about Dickinson. But... I cannot stop thinking about it. It's about the speed of death. Could you read us the poem that she made? I'd love to. Like just about all of Dickinson's poems, the poem has no title. The first sentence is, okay, here it goes. Speed that's going through the jungle. Our pattern was black and gold. The ring circles us pacing the tides, an acceleration of the undercurrent, the hurry haste in the circle that went by in a split second, protected by a loophole. He passed us, or rather we passed him, cramped to colossal, the tensity rose eternity to timelessness. There it was, extinct lying the fossil. Wow, that is really beautiful. Are you sure it's written by Emily Dickinson? Yes, I am. And there are a lot of similarities with her p other poems. And it was found in her diary. So that's another reason why it's maybe why it is Emily Dickinson's poems. To be more specific, for example, uh, she uses the she uses dashes. Most of her work that most of most of her body of work has these dashes it could be one or more in the whole poem and it could be at the end or the middle of the sentence she used four lines per stanza which is common in her body of work emily dickinson does not really work within a specific rhyme scheme the literary devices she used are alliteration atom antonyms 
irony and off-rhyme. The off-rhyme is hard to recognize. These are usually found in the second and fourth line in a stanza. And that was also used in this poem. Like most of her poems, the first stanza of the poem is in the name of her poem. Wow, that is definitely one of the best poems she ever wrote. I can't believe it. I love all the literacy devices she used in this poem. Yes, that's one of the main reasons I love this poem, and that's my favorite. But I also really appreciate the use of words, the theme of this poem. I like how she used words and sentences that she used in other poems as well. Wow, those are a lot. I agree that it's a really good poem, but personally, I like Because I Could Not Stop for Death. That's still my favorite. Why is that? We will tell you that in the next episode of Emily Dickinson in this podcast. Thank you all for listening and thank you especially to come here, Professor Feline. We will see you next week for the second part of this episode.